0: Hey, equipment junkies, listen up. Our friends at Callaway now offer a rewards program. So just like you collect hotel points or airline miles, Callaway is offering points for things that you already do. Attend a Callaway Demo Day, purchase some new clubs, trade in old clubs, so on and so on. Redeem your Callaway Rewards points at callawaygolf.com for items like custom head covers, golf balls, or golf bags. Visit callawaygolf.com backslash rewards to sign up and start collecting those points. We
1: are live on tape from Rio de Janeiro, home of the 2016 Olympic Games, and we will be talking to the architect of the Rio Olympic golf course, Gil Hands. plus making our picks, kicking around the big news about Nike getting out of the equipment business, and, of course, Jim Furyk's epic record-setting 58 on the PGA Tour. House, how you doing today?
0: I am awesome, Jeff Shackleford. Before we get going with this brand-new episode of the Shack House I have to uh, interject a personal experience I had yesterday. How many hole-in-ones have you seen, Jeff? Jeff? How how many have you been uh, Uh, personally in attendance for? Three. Three. Three? And how many of those are yours? Uh, One. (laughs) Oh, good. And it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. uh, That makes me feel better. That means we're, we're, we're essentially uh, equal. I also have a hole-in-one, and, and it was nearly I, I, 20 years ago.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, mine was even even longer. And I do have a double eagle. The scary part, though, is that the three people I played with don't remember it now, which is really sad. <laughs> but I do have a plaque for it, at least.
0: So, All right. What did well, you see? Outstanding. Look, the only reason I'm mentioning this, I played golf yesterday, had a nice time at the um, TPC here in the D.C. area. Um, It's called uh, Potomac Farm, the TPC at Potomac Farm, something or other. I'm sorry for botching the name. I just know it's Avenel. Um, And this this buddy of mine uh, on an incredibly difficult par three, probably the hardest par three on the golf course, hit an extraordinary 180-yard five iron that took one hop and into the hole. The crazy thing about this hole, it's number 12 out there at Avenel. Um, you right. can't see the ball land on the green uh, for, for the, uh, especially with the pin position, where this was. So um, we all climbed the hill and walked onto the green and saw a divot ten feet in front of the hole. Did not see the ball and only one of us had the balls to walk over and, and ch- check in the <laughs> hole. And it was it was such an understated. Oh, the ball's in there. It was it was like whoa, whoa and, and then it then then the excitement built and. Uh, it was a pretty uh, spectacular celebration. From that moment on, especially because we all knew that we would be drinking after the round. But uh, <laughs> what a what a cool thing! It's chills right up the spine. Very
1: nice.
2: Yeah. Are you going to name names, chills? or does
0: this person want to remain name, nameless? Oh no, no, it, it's all good. It's my, my longtime homie uh, Eric Pelletier, my boy EP from Silver Spring. We call it, like to call it the Sprung. Um, yeah. Knocked in that and his 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 first hole in one ever, but you know Very speaking nice. of of chills and things going up <laughs> the spine, how about Jim Furyk's 58?
1: Yeah, wow! People are still talking about it, which is great. It's uh it's tremendous. You know, it's funny he, sh- he shot 59. He actually was was uh, more under par in that round, but I think this one got people's attention because uh, well. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, it was very close to being a 57, and and frankly, uh, maybe even a 56. Granted, he hold out a shot from a fairway that helps, but uh, 18 greens just just as close to a flawless round of golf as you can get. It's just uh, it was magnificent to watch. And I don't know if you were watching or if you got to just see highlights
0: i only got to see highlights i i didn't plan on blocking off the first part of my day traveler sunday for for the travelers (laughs) i know that may sound crazy i knew that i would um check in in the afternoon and catch some of it i've actually played that golf course uh it's probably seven or eight years now um it's really cool it's it's very uh up and down you're it's it's, it has a surprising amount of elevation you can't really pick that up um from the television but uh what uh, uh, around and, and the point you just made, it looked like 56 was in the cards, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun
1: because, you know, with social media now, everybody's tracking it and hashtagging it. And then Morning Drive came on after the match play over in, in uh, Scotland. And so they were giving updates and then they were giving actual visual updates. And then uh, Golf Channel and CBS uh, made some phone calls and they got Jim Nance and Peter Casas in the booth early. To uh, bring him in, and it was you know it just it it felt right to have Nance there, and because of the historic nature of of the 58, and of course the potential for the 57, and it was just uh, uh, you know the one moment I never got clarified because I was getting ready to come down here, and then and then I made the trip, but you know uh, Furyk had a, a nasty little par putt he left himself with on 17, and he you know he always backs off, but he backed off again, and I never did see an explanation why he did that but he looked nervous to me at the end even though he he's calm if you watch the strokes on those last two holes they were pretty short and uh he 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 knew the moment and that's that in itself is pretty cool like he said you know the only thing you get excited about on a sunday like that is if you the guys in front of you are playing fast and uh, you get a chance to finish and get home early like you just have no idea that something like that could happen but that's the beauty of the sport and how about the last two sub-60 rounds being by Jim Furyk? Amazing.
0: So for a year that we talked about this with Jim Nance, we talked about it again last week, a year that began with the idea that the the millennial movement was upon us. We had a big three, and we were expecting all these great things. We have a, a series of spectacular rounds from veterans and, and older dudes. And, in fact, uh, you know, we we've observed on Golf Channel wanting to try and provide some perspective and some context and you know where in history does this fit um, mark Brody, the uh author of each stroke counts the innovator right. behind the um, strokes gained concept actually tweeted out the top 10 best scores versus the field which is you know total strokes gained in a single round right. and, and, and you know for this year did you see that 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 list no i didn't do tell what do you what do you say? So it was interesting. Uh, Furyk's um, 58 was indeed the best round of the year um, Mm. so far, I guess, is what I would say. Um, He was uh, 10.7 strokes gained better than the field. So the field average was 68.7, and Furyk had a 58. Right behind him, I mean right behind him, was Ken Duke's 65 Mm. on Saturday of the players. Ken's uh, strokes strokes gained against the field was 10.6. So the Mm. the field average uh, on that Saturday at the players was 75.6, and and Ken's 65 was uh, um, 10.6 strokes better. Right behind that you have Stenson, uh, and it was his 63 at the Open Championship. Uh, And Johnny Vegas made an appearance with a 60 at the at the Barbasol wow. with a uh, and I don't I have to confess I don't really recall that round it's an opposite <laughs> field round right yeah yeah, an, yeah. that's yeah. an opposite the, field event it's um, okay yeah nobody was paying attention yeah uh and then right behind that is is Stenson's 65 at the open championship in the second round which is kind of surprising really? uh and then wow. sixth this is Phil Mickelson's first round 63 at the open championship that was exactly nine strokes better than the field okay so that's an interesting like you know top, top six um we were, we were sort of batting around which rounds this year might uh, be out there as as um you know the real remarkable rounds you know purely on this strokes strokes gained basis those are your, your top six we also mentioned snedeker at tory That was back in in February, and he's actually seventh on this list. His 69 uh, in the final round, which won him the tournament, uh, or was it the third round that they ended up shortening up the whole event? Right, it was a 54-hole event because of the weather. No,
1: they finished. uh, Oh, they they finished. finished. That's right. Pardon me, you're absolutely right. So that was a
0: fourth-round score, 69, and the field average that day was 77.9. So, 8.9 strokes better than the field. Um, he's right mm. there. But I liked that you included in this uh, list of things to talk about DJ 68 or 69, depending on where you stand with on the USGA proposition. <laughs> yeah. Th- that was such yeah, a we'll ballsy call it a 68. 68. I don't know. where It's not on this top 10 list, but it was so ballsy.
1: Yeah. And that was uh, nominated by a few people on Twitter who, who saw a tweet I put out uh, that another person had just uh, sent me in, in wondering about. Best rounds of the year because it has been a year where we've had just some really exceptional days of golf by somebody when everybody else was was not so uh, so great. Ken Duke and Snedeker being the obvious ones, but but then it, that is great to have the strokes gained to kind of put those in perspective. I, I I feel like Phil 65 the last day at, at the Open is is worth mentioning too in this uh, year of great rounds. But yeah, they're all uh, these are all non. Uh, well, I don't know what you want. Some of them are millennials. DJ, I guess, technically is, barely. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, yeah, all old guys,
0: and it's very yeah, interesting. And the, that, that, uh, that's right. The, the, not just old guys. There are guys over 40. The only guy under 40 in the top six list here is, is Vegas. Uh, is Snedeker?
1: Still under forty
0: years. Well, he's seventh. Um, he's seventh. He's seventh. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know, we have Mickelson, yeah, two rounds from Stenson, Ken Duke, and Jim Furyk.
1: Yeah, practically senior tour guys. Yeah, no, it's awesome, and it, 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 I think what it, it does is kind of set up an interesting dilemma for for Davis Love going forward with the uh, the Ryder Cup coming up because he's got four picks and he's got some very interesting names. Uh, swirling around at the at the uh, outer edges there of the Ryder Cup uh, list, and we have, of course talked to, to Jim Furyk, who's already an assistant captain, about this on Shack House a while ago, and he seemed to be pretty locked in as an assistant captain. But I'm having a hard time seeing how he gets left off the team with a second place at the U.S. Open and rounds like this and, and his steadiness, and it's it's going I mean, it's a great problem to have for Davis Love. At least there's that.
0: Yeah, I uh, we our list of guys on the outside looking in um, was uh, Snedeker and uh, Fowler and who who else? Coocher uh, and and Reed. Uh, and now Reed, we have to yeah. talk. We have to talk about our boy. We you know the only guy we were sort of we batted around Bill Haas, but it's legitimately a, a discussion now with Furick and um you know he he was not able to close out um in in chicago uh a couple years ago so i don't know where that that sort of leaves folks you know is he a popular pick or not a popular pick in terms of um a guy that's obviously in form as as the Ryder cup approaches um, but with kind of a mixed bag performance, especially over the last um, two or three that he's been in.
1: Yeah, no, his record is not good at all. It's terrible, actually. And so that's something that people seize on. But Davis Love has already pretty much said he wants to pick him. And then there was an interesting story. I didn't put it on my website, and I, I should have. But uh, it was kind of lost in all the Nike news, which we're going to talk about later. But but uh, it was a piece where Love had revealed all the things Tiger has been uh, texting him and telling him, and Tiger's already decided who he thinks should be picked, and he's already working on pairings, which I think is fascinating. And I think both of those things point to Furick already being in their plans. And I, I just, uh, I, I completely endorse it. How can you not? The way he, uh, the way he's been playing. But boy, it's this, uh, this Olympic golf this week's going to, I think, add to some of the drama because all of the particulars, other than um the people we're talking about—Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Matt Kuchar, Ricky Fowler—are all right in those final spots, and uh, I think one of them's not going to get picked potentially.
0: So that's and, that's uh, precisely my my question to you is who do you leave out? Uh,
1: well, now I have some I have some insights. House today from
0: yeah, walking the golf course yeah. here at
1: Rio. That um, let me just. I don't want to make a, a too much of a judgment on this because I don't know the particulars. But uh, I watched the threesome of Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, and Bubba Watson play while Patrick Reed was playing about two holes back, I believe, by himself here at the Rio Olympic golf course. Um, and I, I, as far as I know, he was welcome to play with his American teammates but just chose not to. Now, um, yeah, I don't know what those things are uh, – elements you read into a selection but uh because yeah they love to profess it's a team event and um you have to bond and yeah and, and yes you have to kind of bond with your partner in foursomes and four ball but um yeah the idea that somebody's good in the team room I just don't know how important that is and so well it'll be interesting if if Patrick Reed's uh more loner style ends up being a problem for him uh, Personally, I think Bubba would be the one right now who would be left out, if it were me, just based on uh, Reed's play in the Ryder Cup and wanting to have a younger player who's got an attitude. But uh, House, I think Bubba Bubba's going to contend for a medal here in Rios. so uh, that's going to throw another uh, little bit of a, a curve into this uh, into this mix.
0: Well, look, look, I'm going to uh, ask you a question. Reed right now is eighth. He went from 10th to 8th in the uh, Ryder Cup point standings based on his performance. I think he snuck in with another top 10 at oh, the Travelers. Oh, yeah.
1: I haven't seen the updated points. Nice. Right, I know. That I, is a, I, s- that's
0: a big just, leap for him. Right. He went from 10th to 8th. So now he's on the list. He's on the team. Yeah. He's not a selection. The guys 9 through 12 are Snedeker, okay. Bubba, Kucher, and Ricky. Those are your your 9 through 12 spots, and all those guys would have to be selections. So we're talking about, at the moment, Furek replacing one of those guys. And you think um, Bubba could be the guy that's um, on the outside looking in, except you're expecting big things from Bubba this week.
1: Yes, so let's talk about that in a second. But let's hear a word from our, uh, our good friends at Callaway. Hey everyone, your favorite internet golf talk show, Callaway Live, is back all August long with a great lineup of guests to join host Harry Arnett. As always, check out these at callawaygolf.com slash callawaylive or on Callaway TV, which is available on Roku and now Apple TV. This month's lineup kicked off with noted golf course architect Gil Hance. I was there live. It was a great conversation. This week. Rich Eisen of the NFL Network joins the programs. Rumor is he will run a 40-yard dash, but with a twist. And on August 16th, world-long driver Jamie Sedlowski, two-time winner of that great event, has a special announcement about the future on the show. And then, just going totally rogue, I love this uh, about Harry Arnett, Akbar and Megan from Seamus Golf, a company you need to know about. They're going to appear on August 23rd, and then... Dodger, great. Greg Maddox. Yeah, he played for the Braves, too. Uh, August 25th. And Herm, you play to win the game. Edwards will close out August on the 30th. House, how about that lineup,
0: huh? I love that lineup. It's getting me in a football frame of mind. The perfect time of year to have all those fantastic football dudes uh, lining things up for us. Let's get it on. Alright, well, anyway, go
1: to Callaway Live anywhere on the internet or on roku and apple tv to see the great lineup and hey check out the episode with house and myself from last year hey there's a home burglary every 13 seconds most happen in broad daylight with a burglar ringing your doorbell to make sure you're away before breaking in ring video doorbell has proven to stop burglaries before they happen by allowing you to see and speak to anyone approaching your door using your very own smartphone. Now Ring is using their advanced motion detection technology to protect your entire property with the Ring of Security Kit. The kit includes a Ring Video do- Doorbell for the front door and a Ring Stick-Up Cam, the wireless weatherproof HD camera to keep an eye on other parts of your property. Ring Video Doorbell and Stick-Up Cam both install in minutes and working together. They provide 24-hour, day week monitoring of your entire home, whether you're in the living room or thousands of miles away. Please, please check out ring.com slash shackhouse. For a limited time, our listeners get fifty dollars off the ring security kit. Boy, I would love one of those down here in Rio for my lovely, lovely accommodations this week. So join hundreds of thousands who protect their home with ring. Go to ring.com slash shackhouse for $50 off. That's ring.com slash shackhouse. All right, how So, yes, I'm fresh off the golf course, literally not 45 minutes ago, watching the three gentlemen you just mentioned, Kucher, Fowler, and Bubba, here at the Olympic Golf Course, and uh, learned a whole lot about their games, just in a few holes. It was fascinating to see. But uh, they were having a good old time and, and uh, all in different team gear. And uh, what a sight to see with the Team USA bags and various dignitaries out watching and Um, everybody kind of soaking up and every time you look across the course you see different groups of teams you know the swedes were all in yellow today and uh, a lot of a lot of coordinated outfits so even though there's no team competition here at rio uh, there there is kind of a a team atmosphere for for some of the players who uh, are coming from countries with with more than one player
0: so uh you didn't see any gambling out there i guess
1: no 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 there you know here's the deal so This is a golf course house that nobody has seen. And uh, they are not playing any kind of a game. They are just really trying to learn this golf course because especially the forecast for for Wednesday isn't great. Uh, There's a lot of rain, so they may only play nine holes. So they're trying to kind of do a crash course. And there is a lot of local knowledge to have to pick up out here, both in terms of just where to line up, how putts break, and then also how to play some of these shots
0: Around the green. So you 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 mentioned. I just um, got a
1: huge. Sorry guys, I just got a huge beeping sound. I thought I got disconnected.
0: Oh no, all good. We didn't and we sorry. didn't hear the beep. We didn't hear the beep.
1: Sorry. <laughs> uh, where do you want to? St- I don't know where I left that. You just um, pick up, house. I think you were about to.
0: Yeah. So, Jeff, you just mentioned uh, the forecast for tomorrow, Wednesday, and the impact that's going to have on the uh, additional practice for the guys. The one thing that uh, our guest today, Gil Hans, uh, mentioned um, in, in previous interviews is the, the one of the defenses of the course is the wind. Any idea of what the wind's going to be like through the weekend?
1: Yeah, the forecast is for for some decent wind, according to Gil. I just walked with him out there uh, a few holes, and he said that uh, the forecasts he's seen have wind Thursday and Friday, and then uh, the weekend's a little bit more like it is today, which is just a nice breeze, very light, beautiful, warm weather. So I think the practice round day will be a little wet. It'll probably soften the course maybe a touch. But he said, you know, the weather forecast here can be a little bit dicey. It's you're next to the water and things change. So uh, we'll see. It's Ultimately, it's just uh, seventy-two holes, sixty players trying to shoot the lowest score, and and it's going to be. Uh, uh, I, I think a, I think it'll be a good competition. It's certainly not the when you look and see the the kind of team com- camaraderie going on in the Olympics. You still wish there was some team component to it. But um, uh, but that said, what I here's what I did see out there. House that's of note. Um, Ricky's ball striking looks beautiful, but I, I was on Golf Channel this morning, and Todd Lewis there reported that, that Butch Hardman was discussing Ricky's game, and he said the one uh, weakness right now was his short game, and I, I thought that was interesting. So we were out there watching, and he and Bubba dropped balls uh, in just you know, a few feet apart from one another on the fifth green, and we had kind of a nice tight mow area with a little upslope. And then we're trying to play these little shots to a pin kind of uh, close to the green. And and Ricky, Ricky sculled one. He chunked one. He, was, he just could not play the shot very well. And then Bubba gets there, and he hits this little low kind of stub, funky-looking shot. And, of course, every one of them, he's just totally controlled and hitting them beautifully. And he was in great spirits. Uh, and I just thought the combination of seeing what he was doing around the greens on every hole and having no problem hitting these little creative shots which is what gill uh wanted to see i think in this golf course and then you see ricky where uh, where that's a little bit of a weakness if he doesn't get that ironed out pretty quickly it's going to be a tough place to score on because the greens are not super big and you're going to have a lot of those little recovery shots here around the greens
0: well and that was the other observation so in addition to the wind the defense that the course possesses is uh the the contours and shapes and angles Um, immediately around the greens because there isn't any rough to speak of so a big bomber might be able to hit the ball kind of all over the place as long as it's not out of bounds and if um, that big bomber has the confidence and and competence uh, around the greens then that might really be something a nice combination um, if you're looking at you know picking a, a potential winner
1: yeah, absolutely. Now Bubba griped to uh, Gil jokingly a couple times about how the course tightened up at the whatever his spot is, 330. <laughs> um, but he didn't. He was in a great mood. He did not seem the least bit bothered by it. He seemed to really like the course. Uh, I heard Stenson came off and was asked about the course and said there are 18 holes, so that wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement. <laughs> but most of the guys are uh, very positive and very excited about it. Paul McGinley, who's the uh sort of the Ir- ireland Ryder cup or uh, uh u.s team or excuse me ireland U- uh, captain we'll call him i don't know they ca- they have some euphemism for him he basically was the guy who came down here and scouted everything for rory and helped him figure out where to stay only to have rory not play but uh he won't tell you that but i'm sure that was the case uh paul played and played with potter harrington and just raved about it just said the course has so much uh nuance and interest and there's Really doesn't discriminate against any kind of player. Uh, there's there's uh, ample opportunity for the bombers, like you said. But then there's got to be some some creativity out there. So everything that Gil will will discuss in the interview today, you'll kind of hear has, has been uh, which we recorded um, just recently when we were uh, down at Callaway uh, headquarters and Gil was doing Callaway Live. You'll I think a lot of it what he had hoped to hear has been reaffirmed by the players, which is uh, certainly a, a relief.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to name any names um, because it's not time yet for me to give my picks for this week. Mm. Um, But uh, there are a couple guys that I liked there um, that I've seen on on Golf Channel Live and also in the written uh, media saying very positive things about the design and guys who I think have the right frame of mind, which I I believe is an important uh, attribute for – um a convening that that are all experiencing the course and competition uh in the in the competitive environment at the kind of at the same time nobody's ever competed on this golf course before they'll all be doing it um all at once so there are a couple guys i think attitude is an important part of this and and there are a couple guys again who shall remain unnamed for the moment um that i'm i'm liking Um, But you mentioned the interview with Gil. Let's hear what he has to say.
1: Joining us is Gil Hance, the architect
0: of the Olympic golf course in Rio House. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Gil. Gil, it's so nice to meet you. I'm going to try my best not to fanboy out here. Uh, I've had the great good fortune of playing Boston Golf Club a couple times, um, and I have seen what you were doing down at Song? huge, huge fan of your work. Um, so I'll, I'll try and keep it in my pants during this interview. Yeah, that's, that's good.
2: Thanks, House. Appreciate it. Yeah, Boston Golf was one of our favorite projects. So much fun. Great owners, great piece of land. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a long time ago. We had a little more time when we were working on that, and that was a lot of fun
1: speaking of uh projects and owners and time and all that good stuff uh you now have been away from this olympic golf course project and we don't want to get bogged down into to what a struggle it was too much but
2: uh do you feel like it was worth uh, all the uh misery you went through down there yeah i do i mean i think you know at the end result we're really happy with if if somewhere along the line the decisions that were being made that were out of our hands were about you know the impacting the actual design, move a bunker, fill in a bunker, change that green, et cetera. Then I think that would have probably been the the time to call it quits because you know we don't want to build something that's going to be on the world stage and that ultimately you're going to have to apologize for. And if we ever got to the point where it felt like hey we're going to have to say sorry, that wasn't where we wanted to go with this, and we never got there. So you know I think it, with uh, separation and time. You don't remember it being so bad, and I think that there were some positives having some flexibility and some freedom to kind of rebuild stuff, reshape, let it sit, let it gestate for a little while before we got to a point of of having to say, hey, it was it's done. And we had a lot of that out there. We had a lot of time to look at things.
0: So, so Gil, um, there is a terrific documentary that I think premiered last night on the Golf Channel called Road, Road to Rio that really um, goes through the entire timeline and experience of um, from from selection of you as the designer of the course all the way uh, up to completion, uh, and and we saw some practice rounds in the documentary. But um, for our listeners, can you um, talk a little bit about kind of that timeline and some of the, the highlights of your experience down there?
2: Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, originally Matt Miller started producing and then Mason C took it over and uh, I haven't seen it. I was on an airplane last night, but uh, a lot of good reports from family and friends said it was, it was very well done. Um, You know, it was kind of surreal. The start of the whole thing, you know, we went down there for the, um, to to do the presentation. I had lost my passport. So there was a kind of a, a messy situation of me even trying to get down to Rio to, to do it. Finally got my passport settled, walked into the, you know, hotel about an hour and a half before the presentation got in the room and they had my name tag all messed up it said gil hansen not gil hans <laughs> it was just, i'm thinking man this cannot go any worse and then you know for lack of a better phrase the lights came on myself amy alcott no larkin did our presentation and i thought like we na- i really felt like we nailed it then the decision was supposed to be made a day after that was postponed a month and then that's right I forgot yeah, about that. and then yeah. during the uh the run-up to it we were waiting golf channel had us mic'd up and a camera crew there saying hey they're gonna we're gonna make an announcement but we're gonna have a camera crew with all eight of you so we're not sure you actually got it and we were supposed to get word at seven o'clock and we didn't get word until 10 30 so i guess this should have been uh, a little bit of a warning that how this was going to go as far as all the delays are concerned and then Tracy, my wife, Kaylee, our youngest daughter, we moved down there. We lived there for about seven months with the intention of living there for a year. But after about seven months, when we saw the pace, we knew the construction was going to take two years instead. And we just couldn't ask them to make that sacrifice. So, you know, it was just one thing after the other. But as I said to Jeff, I, you know, looking back on it at the time, it was as frustrating as as we've ever been Uh good friend of mine looked at me after the whole experience and he said that was your obama course you've aged like six years (laughs) in the two years of building it um (sighs) yes your hair
1: was noticeably darker in the documentary yes
2: exactly much more youthful looking now um but anyway with that experience you know I, i think it tested all of us you know we jim wagner who's with me on every project is is just so great at what he does but we also had you know neil cameron kyle franz ben hillard and ben warren and those guys lived down there now get me wrong four single guys living in a rio so it wasn't the worst assignment ever but when they're out on site you know they were dealing with these inefficiencies and the issues that were coming up and the four of them just you know soldiered on through the whole process and i think ultimately they made the golf course much much better uh, through their dedication and now we get to a point where okay it's done we're not allowed to play the golf course because there's a, sort of, they want to hold off for the test event. Mm. So you know, some of our guys have snuck out there at, at night and played the golf course, but you know, it's just sitting there. It's pristine. pristine. Neil cleverly, the the maintenance staff have done a great job getting it ready. So I mean, we head down on uh, on Wednesday. I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, this is going to be really a strange golf tournament in that we're looking at a course that. Uh, well, did anybody who played in the test
2: event make it to the Olympics? Uh, Miriam Nagel, okay, uh, one of the ladies from, okay. from Brazil, did make it. Uh, Victoria Lovelady almost made it, but she got knocked out like the last week. Okay, So we almost had two women. Uh, Addison Da Silva, who's the Brazilian representative on the men's side, did not play. He did not play in the test of it? Okay. No, he's, I think he plays on the Sunshine Tour, so he was okay. in South Africa and he didn't come over.
1: So we have nobody on the men's side who's played it, and we think one mm-hmm. woman. Yes. Uh, nobody's played... Uh, the golf course at all except the guys playing some evening golf uh hitting some shots so that in itself is just bizarre that the but i think that's what's going to make the practice rounds interesting uh in terms of players showing up right and and actually having to do their their homework have, have many people reached out to you about information on the nuts and bolts of how to play
2: not really i mean i had a conversation with justin rose's uh caddy fooch at the uh at, at oakmont and he's excited to get a tour and, and look at the golf course and then you know, our good friend mike clayton is going to caddy for suo from australia and so we're going to give him a tour and look around i'm expecting although i don't know for sure that you know as as we're out there during the practice rounds we'll get pulled aside by some people and asking but um no, you thought there'd be some insider information available out there, but no, nobody's asked. And I think it's it's the type of golf course, you know, Jeff, that you and I, we like to build where it's it's everything's not right in front of you. Everything's not evident. And I think it's going to be a course worthy of study. And the players who put the time and the effort in and maybe go down a little bit earlier and have a little bit of extra time out there
0: I think will do well. So in terms of the type of player – that this layout um, you've, you've come up with with your team, what kind of player do you think this might favor? You know, I, I speaking of inside information, uh, I tend to like to look at what the sports books might be offering in terms of odds of various things. So I I'm interested in your perspective on uh, what kind of player um, might have an advantage uh, under this the, with this layout that you've designed. Well, it's
2: it's a wide golf course, so I don't think there's going to be a premium placed on sort of accuracy off the tee from just sort of keeping it in play. I think there's a premium placed on accuracy as far as getting good angles to go at some of these hole locations we've created. It's not long. Uh, You know, though, you could get a bomber, could overpower it, but I think it'll bring a lot of the field together uh, as far as the way they play it. I think ultimately it's going to come down to, you know, around and on the greens as it does most weeks with these guys and girls, Um, you know, players who can be creative. I think there's some really interesting uh, recovery options around the greens. And I think if players are are perceptive enough, um, I think that that'll be, there'll be an opportunity there. So I I like somebody with a, with a creative mind, a a good short game and, and somebody who can roll it a little bit. I think at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to the weather. I mean, like a true links golf course, if the wind doesn't blow, and the course isn't firm; they're going to shoot a million under, and that'll be fine because you know it's the Olympics. Yeah. And you like you know we you know when we get into the Olympics, we always remember the record-breaking performances, you know the, the the world records, the the great scores. And I think if if ultimately, especially if we're going to have a lot of casual golf fans maybe tuning in for the first time because it's part of the Olympics, I think that that's much more exciting to see birdies and eagles and, and see men and women performing well or at the height of the game. Whether the score is high or low doesn't really matter to us. Um, take us through the design, the nuts and bolts, of
1: the wind and the wind direction for this time of year, which is their winter time, and then also just uh, kind of give us a sense of what are we going to get in terms of a golf tournament with, in terms of fans, the number of people, the stadium setup, or is this going to be some oddball kind of uh, uh, security-driven uh, uh, concept because I know you have a lot of
2: native areas, so that always makes things a little bit different. But to kind of paint a picture for us of what we'll what what we'll see. Well, we spent two Augusts down there building the golf course, and and during both of those times, the wind blew pretty strong. I mean, you know, fifteen to twenty, not thirty five to forty. It was kind of a you know a, a good steady wind, and occasional gusts. So I think we're hoping that's what happens. And we built the golf course intentionally wide in case we do get those conditions, and and, and the greens are not going to be overly fast and it's a function of you know the maintenance standards down there but also the type of grass that we have so i don't think we're ever going to we're going to get in a situation where we have to suspend play and i think that that was definitely in our minds as we hmm. built built the golf course as far as spectators go i mean i think there are fifteen thousand tickets available really we have no for, idea. for the
1: week or no per day? per day
2: oh wow so we have no idea whether they're going to be people all <laughs> over the golf course or they're all going to be huddled in in you know, corporate hospitality or if they're going to be up in in bleachers but when we designed the golf course we set it up so that we would you know have the opportunity to put a lot of spectators on 16 17 and 18 so i think you'll you'll definitely get that feeling as you, you see the finish of the golf course uh, through scattered throughout the golf course you won't see as much of that and i think um we're all just kind of wondering you know i don't think anybody's obviously the first time it's happened in the olympics and we're not sure uh, no.
0: where things are going to shake out Hey, Gil, Jeff and I have been going back and forth a little bit with the sort of ongoing uh, string of announcements from top players that they're not going to compete in this uh, year's Olympic competition. Um, And we were especially disappointed right here in the last handful of weeks with Rory and Jordan both pulling out Um, from your perspective um kind of you're you're the you're the you're the mama of the course. What what what's your thought on um the the competition that we're gonna have?
2: Well, I I mean, you know, when we built the golf course we were expecting to have the top players in the world be there. And and so it's obviously disappointing from a design standpoint that that we're not gonna see, you know, the top players on the men's side. We will see the top players in the world, they're just gonna be on the ladies' side. Um that being said, I, I, I think that the competition, if it's compelling enough and if we get a great champion, that's all just going to be an anecdote to this thing. I think uh, you're not going to put an asterisk next to somebody like Henrik Stenson or Ricky Fowler or Justin Rose. You know, if we get, yeah, even if we get a, you know, it may even be a better story if we get some underdog or some unknown that can kind of come come from Thailand or India or Argentina and, and, and win a gold medal and really sort of springboard golf. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously disappointed. I know that the, the, the maintenance staff was disappointed as well, but you know, at the end of the day, we're, we've built a golf course we're proud of we're excited to see the players who are going to show up uh, we're excited to see their reaction to it and and i think if all plays out well we're still going to have some you know some very excited people putting gold medals on on uh, after the competition
1: well and as you outlined, the, the course uh, will probably require a lot of good short game touch and imagination around the greens so the way rory's been playing is probably best he not go there <laughs> since he seems to be struggling with
2: that area yeah, I think you know. While, while all the other decisions were, you know, you talk about personal, and, and only those players know what the real reason was, and, and, and obviously guys are in a situation where you know they're they're talking about families, and, and you know, that's totally understandable. I think the the only sort of decision that that rubbed me the wrong way, in particular, was when you know Rory's commentary at, at the uh, at the Open Championship about it not mattering, and I know that there were. You know, seventy or eighty people who work their butts off to uh, build a golf course that they could have a competition on, and I know that there are fifty or sixty people that every day go to work and work their asses off to try and get a golf course in the type of condition that that these types of players will hopefully appreciate. And and for probably the most recon- one of the most recognized voices in golf to say, "Hey, this doesn't matter," you know that that was pretty hard to take. Um, so, just being honest. Yeah.
0: No, it was. It was. Yeah, it was- I don't think he's gonna. Live that down, and, and he shouldn't live that down. That's gonna to have to go in the in the Rory story. He took a hit from that, really, uh, image wise, deservedly so. Yeah. Uh,
1: so where do you, f- what do you plan to do during the golf? Are you gonna go see
2: some other events, and uh, and then and just are you gonna just be out there every day watching? Yeah, I think we'll. Um, <clears throat> so I've been asked to be, I think the in the uh, lingo of the uh, IOC, I am a a technical official. What up does that mean? These games, which means that I'm wearing uh, uniform. And yeah, actually, actually, I do. No, I don't. Oh gosh, I, <laughs> I'd kinda, be taking photos of that all uh, day. Exactly. No, it's it's a beekeeper's outfit to keep. Yeah, safe. yeah, yeah. Like those guys who work
1: the long jump in the uh, yeah. track stadium. Yeah.
2: Exactly. No. So anyway, it's a. Uh, I'm going to be sort of uh, on call for the setup guys. Uh, you know, Kerry Hag, uh, Dave Garland, and and Heather D'Onofrio are, are in charge of setup on a day to day basis. Mike Davis kind of is overseeing that and they asked me to just kind of follow around and if they had any specific questions or thoughts or comments that you know being a new golf course um i might be able to answer some of those questions they've asked me to do that so i'll be uh, out there very early in the morning so we won't be drinking any caparinas uh in the evening before i have to get up and and go do my work but then uh sad after the players get out we'll uh you know, I'll just I'll pretty much just watch golf. I always enjoy that. I yeah. like actually being out walking as opposed to kinda of sitting and schmoozing. That's not really my thing is there a place to sit and schmooze there did they build the clubhouse are you kidding me this is golf of course there's a corporate uh, setup to this I was like yeah well the corporate tents I Oh, guess. Yeah. yeah no no the uh, yeah the clubhouse is finished okay and uh, the players will all change in there that's I think that'll be and you talked about earlier about security I mean there are mm. incredible layers of security so I don't know who can get into the clubhouse yeah. except for the competitors and you know um, but I think most everything else all the schmoozing will be happening uh, in the corporate structure okay. right off the 18th hole
1: and that is probably why golf is safe in the Olympics house because I think the corporate part, Gil. Correct me if I'm wrong, has done very well for them, and and uh, we know that gets the IOC's attention.
2: Yeah, and I think it's you know it's part of why golf flourishes in every corporate setting. You know, the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour. It's it's, it's an event that gives you time. You know, it's not like you're sitting there. Uh, you know, watching Usain Bolt run the hundred meter yeah. dash, and you're talking to somebody, and you turn around and it's over, and it's oops. Yeah, uh, this gives you a little bit of time to kind of to get out, watch some action. Well, you know all the reasons it's good for entertaining. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of entertaining, if you don't mind, um, a quick minute away from the Olympics, I um, am, <laughs> I I mentioned stream song at the outset. Um. Can you give a quick update on how that's going and what the um, thought there is in terms of what you're trying to achieve, and then what o- what what other projects you're working on right now?
2: Yeah. So yeah, thanks for getting. You know, we actually got to the point where whenever somebody would ask how's Rio going, we turned it into a drinking game, like Seinfeld. You know, if somebody would say Newman, you know, you take a <laughs> shot. So we, uh, it got to the point where we had to turn it into something for our own amusement. <laughs> um, yeah, Stream Song Black is finished. Uh, it's growing in really well. Rusty Mercer, the superintendent, is doing a fantastic job. I mean, it's actually coming along a lot faster than I think anybody thought. So we're we're excited about it. I mean, getting the opportunity to put our work next to, you know, the two architects we respect more than anybody, Bill and Ben and, and Tom Doak, um, is, a, is a dream opportunity. And to do it at a place that, with its quality as, as Stream Song is, is really excellent. I think the, you know, stylistically the three groups we all kind of work in a similar pattern but i think the scale of our golf course is so much bigger you know those two are, are intentionally intertwined and, and kind of more compact and we've got a much bigger site so i think uh, the scale of our, our course is probably what'll impress people the most
0: and that's that's by design so that you can host a, the um uh resort can host an event is that right
2: yeah well rich mack the, uh, the cfo of mosaic who's kind of the, the godfather of of stream song he when they talked to us about you know sort of these are the goals for the project they said we want to be able to host any tournament they oh. didn't specifically really? say it would be this that they just wanted to have the flexibility mm. on property to host whatever might come along mm. and so as a result it's it's definitely it's long uh, it's big and it's uh you know intentionally different than the other two golf courses in that respect mm. uh, we just finished a new golf course going to open up uh just outside of starkville mississippi called mossy oak uh george Bryan and his family and then the mossy oak the camouflage guys are our founders there and we're excited about it it's a really cool property i mean being from philadelphia pennsylvania you think mississippi is as flat as a pancake but this piece of ground has got beautiful rolls really gorgeous amazing big old oak trees kind of a, a very open canvas to work in so we're excited about that we just jeff and i just had the debut of uh la country club south course on thursday and So far, the members seem really happy, and, you know, it's uh, always fun to work with Jeff. You know, obviously, we worked together on the north course in Rustic Canyon, and now we've got the the trifecta in Los Angeles with the south course. So things are good. We're going to start a new golf course outside of Savannah, Georgia, this fall, and we're doing restoration work at Aronimink and Wingfoot and Sleepy Hollow. So we're fortunate. We've got a lot of really good things coming on the horizon and a lot of good things right in front of us.
1: I guess the last thing uh, before we go, Gil, is I think probably with this Olympic golf course, you were picked to set an example architecturally, and you're discussing all those projects. Do you think that it will have the impact that, that Peter Dawson and Ty Votan, all those people, hope for in sending a certain kind of message? Um, and and is that, do you feel that is a priority with this, this upcoming two weeks with golf in the Olympics?
2: I think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, the best thing the golf course can do is just be a great stage for a you know, terrific competition. Yeah. If we get a great competition, then I think that you know, puts golf in a really good light. It allows the players to showcase their talents. You know, We built a golf course that was intentionally not supposed to beat them up and just kind of let them display their skill. I think that and the playability you know, long term for the legacy of that golf course as the first public golf course in Brazil, I think, is, is a real positive Um, so I think from, on the play end of the spectrum, let's just have a great competition. Hopefully the golf course provides the stage for those guys to, and girls to compete on. Um, as presentation wise, I think the golf course looks really natural. I think it's, um, a course that looks and feels like it belongs in that particular setting. And if it can in any way, shape or form inspire other architects or other people to say, Hey, listen, Golf doesn't have to be perfectly green grass. It doesn't have to be white sand bunkers. It can look and feel natural. It can be native. It can be natural. Um, you know, if, if we do indeed get to grow the game out of this event, hopefully the, the way that golf course design is grown is, is in a more sustainable, more responsible way. Because as you and I both know, I mean, you were just over there, the, the best examples of golf architecture are in Great Britain. Yeah. And those golf courses are organic. They're natural. They're fun to play they're quirky, they're odd, and I think we tried to put all of those things into this golf course in Rio, and hopefully people will, will get to see that. Great. Well, good
1: luck uh, in the next couple of weeks. I'll see you uh, out on the links there, and uh, it'll be fun to watch some of the golf. And uh, I'm, I have a feeling I'll see you out at 16 and a few other holes watching the guys play. Um, so, Gil Hans, thank you very much, and thank Thanks, you for coming Gil. on
2: Shack House. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Wow, so much good stuff from Gil Hance there, Jeff. Um, before we get on to our speed round, we do have a couple sponsors we'd like to hear from and thank as always. Let me take a quick moment to talk about my favorite tequila Avion. My friends, it's August here in the DMV, and it is the perfect time of year right now for a delicious and refreshing margarita you know the tequila avion tequila voted world's best tasting tequila is surely one of the most innovative tequilas you can find You might have first seen this tequila on Entourage. Here's the real story behind the brand. Not created by celebrities or billionaires. It's a collaboration between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family who for generations, that's generations, have been growing agave in their small town, Jesus Maria, in the highlands of Jalisco. Avion made by real people with true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully innovative tequila. Sip on Avion, neat or on the rocks. I take it both ways, although now here in August, I like it on the rocks. Makes a delicious top-shelf margarita as well. Share Avion with those that appreciate what they eat and drink, like me. I promise it will become your favorite ultra-premium tequila. Please drink avion responsibly. My pals also want to tell you about me undies. Shaq, you know it's hot here in the DMV. Uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's why I have on my me undies breathable performance wear. I have them on because they are made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of undies. but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair, they're free. No questions asked, y'all. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. You can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair. I recommend the subscription especially when it's hot out. Get 20% off your first order when you go to meundies.com backslash house. That's meundies.com backslash H-O-U-S-E for 20% off your first order. Meundies.com backslash house. Go get you some.
1: All right, it's time for the speed round. Brought to you by Callaway, makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball, the ball that changed the ball. How did it change the ball? Chrome Soft brings fast ball speed and incredibly soft feel. Two characteristics that did not go hand-in-hand until Callaway developed the Chrome Soft's new dual-core technology. Jim Furyk just shot a 58 with a Chrome Soft, so there you go. I don't know what else you need to say. Tester Callaway, Chrome Soft golf ball today. House, it is time for the Rio Olympic Speed Round. Uh, But before we get to the Olympics, because we have some picks, we're going to make our own prop bets since they're uh, non-existent this week. One of the big stories last week, Nike Golf. What was your reaction to the news that Nike Golf is getting out of the equipment business?
0: So it was a mixed uh, reaction is the way I would would characterize it. On the one hand... I had this reaction of like, hmm, uh, that was only kind of a matter of time, it, it, it feels like. Hmm. Um, we have, over the course of this season, been looking for great performances out of headline Nike performers and haven't really um, seen what, what we might have uh, expected, especially out of one guy whose initials begin with an R and end with an M, Rory. Uh, but, um, you know, on the other hand, Nike is a behemoth. It's a massive company. And, you know, when, it, when a company of, of that uh, order of magnitude makes an investment in something, and it's a, for, for Nike a small investment, it's barely been 20 years that they jumped into the game. It, it's kind of interesting that they have already sort of reached their, their, their limit with it. And um it feels coincidental, but maybe it's not, that their exit um happens to be occurring simultaneous with um, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, probably last gasp and, and Rory not doing any great things and probably the best Nike player right now is Brooks Kepka, um, which yep. is a pretty pretty great guy, you know, definitely a guy you want to have an investment in. Um but it's it was you know interesting to me reading the stories that uh, you know it's it's just very expensive to be in hard goods in golf manufact- equipment manufacturing because of the constant and relentless innovation that's required. Um, I'm going to miss their golf commercials because um, that speaking of innovation, I've I'm, I always uh, have always found Nike to be at the cutting edge of you know thoughtful. And evocative and provocative, um, you know, uh, c- c- commercial promotion of their product. But anyway, that that's kind of my mixed reaction take. How about you?
1: Uh, well, I, there's no question that the tiger, uh, the end of the tiger era, uh, is part of it. But where I, I'm stumped is that they've invested a lot in Rory and a lot of young players, and um, I, <laughs> the 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 drop in the numbers is, just didn't seem that significant to me. Uh, To warrant what they did, but obviously people have been watching this saw this coming. There were a lot of signs They weren't at the PGA show. They weren't advertising like they had been but I'm still stuck on how many players they signed coming into this year and so uh, Ultimately where I get annoyed house as you know is when people take some news like this and then say see Golf is dying. Well, this was a corporate business decision a bottom-line decision Uh, a shareholder appeasement issue and um, looking at the cold hard numbers and I just it just always annoys me when they take that information and translate that to therefore golf is not healthy because golfers are resisting constantly buying clubs in a a mindset that Wall Street analysts don't understand unless they play the game is just a it's a it's a ridiculous thing you know and and um, it's not a reflection on the health of the sport. I'm sorry that, uh, and it's also remember too. Look at the companies, and obviously we're we're biased here with Callaway being a sponsor, but Callaway's doing very well right now. TaylorMade is coming back, and after after a terrible strategy of flooding the market with stuff, and these are companies that are devoted to golf. Um, and when they and made will be better when it gets away probably from 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 Adidas. And so these were big companies. With a, an irrational mindset about what golfers should be buying in relation to other sports, and so you, of course you see multiple articles. And what really irks me is the articles are, you know, they're at the the Fortunes and the Forbes and the Bloomberg's. You know, they're pretty important uh, publications to be discussing the business of the game, and and uh, and they, for the most part, Fortune Daniel Roberts, uh, I thought had a better more balanced piece but some of them you just can't believe the descriptions they have for what this means for the the health of golf. And so that's kind of why I always like to push back on these things when when I see that cuz I just don't think it's fair.
0: Well, we could keep going. Um, yeah, let's not. We're we we not speed doing a very round. speedy speedy. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is a all story right. that will continue to to, you know, sort of write itself. Um, what's going to be super intriguing is seeing where all the Nike guys go guys and gals. Um, Absolutely. Yeah go over the next handful of months so we'll have lots of opportunity to continue to dive into this one
1: all right so we're here in uh, Rio we've been waiting for all these years we now have a field we know who is going to uh, be playing in Rio not everybody that uh, we hoped would be here but still a very nice field and some people who are very happy to be here who are very passionate about the Olympic movement house you have surveyed the uh, the numbers Uh, I gave you a little bit of local knowledge, a little insight here today. Uh, Who are you picking? So I will start with the gold medal.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start with who I don't think is going to. Well, actually, you know what? Um, That's not the right way to say it. Either one of these guys might win the gold. I'm just not betting on them. And so that that the odds for both. Stenson and Garcia are, are too sucky hmm. for me to mess with. Even though right. both of them make l- plenty of sense as winners of the gold medal in the 2016 men's uh, ol- men Olympic golf competition. Stenson's less than six to one, can't touch that. Sergio's seven and a half to one, don't want that. So I'm starting. You know, I usually uh, have my line at 25 to one where I start. You know, to look at guys. For this competition, I'm starting at 16 to 1. There's one guy in okay. particular who I watched quite a bit on the Golf Channel last week who I like um, where his game is. Now, I know that you have a slight different, uh, slightly different opinion because he's had some chipping issues, but my guy at 16 to 1, Martin Keimer, I'm going to allocate a mm-hmm. little capital to Martin Keimer. Okay. I found okay. his, um, his interviews, uh, and I, this is kind of a recurring theme. He's very thoughtful and when he's given some time oh, yes. and it's just kind of a, a conversation, um, he, he really, um, you know, displays a level of, of sort of uh, analytics and perspective that I, I find very becoming. So he made me a believer through the interview. He also um, showed quite a bit of a, a kind of a patriotic um, vibe and and described how he's been blown away by the experience of physically being there and being around the other athletes and that's exactly the kind of frame of mind that i think sets up for an extraordinary performance so i like the fact that he is in form as demonstrated at the uh pga up there at Balti. he had a very nice uh four rounds a place he was uh you know he he, he's he's comfortable in the pga environment um and I think this course is going to be less of a challenge than 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 Balti, and so uh, I like Keimer sixteen to one. The other That's guy a great I like, pick. The other guy I like. Here, well, yeah. now let's before we leave Keimer, let me just say this. So,
1: he has problems around the greens. Um, if you remember at Pinehurst, he won the U.S. Open essentially with sort of some some chip yips. He just putted off uh, from off every green. Here, the grass is pretty similar. It's a Zoysia. Um, which is usually very spongy, but this is a new grass. It was brought here uh, uh, by David Dogay from, from Texas. He actually literally house brought two handfuls of sprigs on an airplane flight, and all the grass you see on this golf course is from that, that collection he brought to the sod farm here. And so this grass, is, it's, it's tightly cut. It's in beautiful shape around the greens. It's, it's discolored because they're, they're trying to dry it out. But there is a little cushion. And so there's a feeling that Keimer uh, should be fine because he can putt from a, off a lot of the greens. Or if he does chip, there's, you know, a lot of the guys who get the chip, they, they, they seize on that ultra-tight lie and that feeling like there's, it's just hard and uh, firm underneath and dry and, and the slightest mishit uh, dooms you. And so when there's a little bit of that cushion, there's, there's a mentality that it might be better. So I think it's a great pick. He is absolutely all-in on the Olympics, and uh, and I think that's
0: a positive for him. Excellent. Who's I your like other body? Give, me, give other me a guy, name. Who's the other one? You mentioned him, and another guy. Uh, I'm going to stick with the old guy theme, the old guy momentum. I'm taking my main man, Patty Harrington, at mm. a delicious 50-to-1 right now. Okay. And that's, that's the main motivation for taking it. But I like very much his form. He's another guy who has been throwing up very quiet 65s and 66s yeah. in, a, in a series of, of events here over the last, say, seven or eight weeks. Um, whereas I, I look up and there's Patty Harrington out there throwing up the low round of the day. And I like very much um, sort of hit him as, as the, the leading flag bearer. For, for Ireland. Um, I just think it makes for a, a neat story. He's got the proper Yo. mindset yeah. mindset, and, and, you know, he's got the right disposition for it. At 50 to 1, I like my boy Patty. He also has a karma thing going for him, uh, House. I don't know if you're aware of
1: this, but he and Matteo Manassaro were at uh, in Switzerland when the announcement was made for golf. They were part of the presentation in person to the IOC to get golf in the Olympics. And so they're in the second group out, which I thought was a really uh, sweet thing to do in the pairings to kind of tip a cap to the, the guys who, and Michelle, Wee was uh, on the women's side and oh shoot somebody else on the women's side. I'll, I'll know it for next week's pod when we do the wrap up and the women's preview, but they were there in switzerland and there's a great shot in the documentary on the golf channel where you know Matteo looks over it's like he goes oh no wait did we not <laughs> yeah he couldn't understand the vote thing is very confusing how they do it and he gets this look like oh it's great we got it in here so he and padrig were there shaking hands with everybody and so karma wise i think those two have a little something going for him and you know Matteo played well at the scottish and that kind of helped get him up high enough to to be here for when uh molinari decided not to play uh, so, great pick with Padraig. Oh, and Paul McGinley told me this morning, big name drop there again, double double McGinley main, uh, name drop in one show, uh, <laughs> that Padraig loved the golf course, just absolutely loves it, is uh, just having a blast playing it. So, that is never a bad thing. Um, I love your picks, but I just feel like it's a three-way race, uh, for favorite at least, and I'll be shocked if Sergio, Henrik Stanson, or Bubba Watson, one of those three is not the winner. I, Bubba would not, was not in my... Uh, on my list, as you probably know, but after seeing the way he 's playing out there, how happy he is here, and uh, what little shots he has around the greens, I mean he is in a great mood today, and uh, I-, I was a little worried that the Olympic thing he would get too emotional because he 's so invested in this, he bought tickets, the whole thing, but he looks very, very happy very but also focused, and I think that 's really important so the the journey here hasn 't caught up to him in any way. He looked great physically and uh so those are my three standouts now house did you i know harrington at 50 to one's a, a price pick but let's go a little bit deeper let's let's throw out some names of some people who may may uh there's going to be a lot of surprises on this leaderboard you just know there will be uh because of the field and uh and i think that'll be the fun of it frankly i i kind of hope somebody from an, a, an an offbeat place wins this i think that will get more of the world's attention than than a name brand winner but uh
0: What do you like? So in that vein, um, another guy in the 50 to 1 range that um, would uh, have the benefit of delivering to South America a gold medal, I love Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas has been hot, 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 hot hot like the DMV, hot the last, you know, (laughs) six weeks or so. Um, And I I think that's a really neat story, Uh, you know, him delivering to the continent you know the first time that golf's been competed since 1904 uh delivering to south america the first time the olympics were ever competed there um a gold medal is a pretty cool story so that that would be my long shot guy
1: okay well now that emiliano grillo has been reunited with his golf clubs the argentinian i think would be a a fun one i mean he's not a real uh Small name anymore. Now that he's won on the tour and he had some really good play there at Baltusrol, uh, I'd also throw out Soren Kelson of Denmark, who's been playing very well. Uh, good player on a, uh, on a on an interesting architectural uh, uh, golf course like this one that's got a lot going on. And then Anirban Lahiri is a great player who I think from India will be, but uh, a, a fun one. Now, House, do you have a? Uh, can you throw out a name? Uh, let's your pick for low golfer. That uh, most people have never heard
0: of. Well, you know, you you beat me to the punch with Kelson. Um, he has been. Oh in, come on! In, people have heard in, of him. I, he's been in pretty good. <laughs> he's. I, you know what I'm looking he for has. are guys that have been playing well and. Yeah. You know, guys where where you you that are throwing up these 64s or 65s or 66s sixes over the last several weeks, even on their um, own respective tours. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention uh, Fabian Gomez. Um, mm. He's a guy who uh, earlier has a, a, a PGA Tour victory already this year. Right, the Sony. And, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, so certainly has all the game in the world. He is uh, at 125 to 1, a good value pick. And he also fits the um, narrative of being a guy from the South American continent who uh, could deliver a gold. I think. All right, well, I'm going to. Mine is a totally
1: sentimental pick, uh, but the way the Brazilians have been stepping up in other competitions, he's the first guy out. He's hitting the opening tee shot. Low person you've never heard of in the 2016 Olympics. I don't know if this will get him a medal, but it would be great to see him at least get a top 10. Adelson da Silva, of Brazil. He's somewhere in the uh, high 200s, I think, of the world ranking. Uh, But hitting that opening tee shot, which is really cool. He did not play the test event earlier this year, so he has had to uh, get a little crash course here. But uh, I think a lot of people will be rooting for him. Uh, And House, finally, the low... Two person country. We're calling this the Matt Kutcher Prize since Matt Kutcher, uh, up until last week, did not know that the format for the Olympic golf is 72 holes of stroke play, um, which was a little strange. Uh, um, he thought it was the uh, uh, World Cup format, which they had tested out. In his defense, I'll say this the International Golf Federation, I believe, had had the tour at the World Cup of Golf a couple years ago test out a format that allowed for both a stroke play competition and a two-person team competition it didn't work out nobody really liked it but it's still something floating out there for potential future olympic format and so i matt thought he would be bunched up with one of the other americans and in a two-person team and um that's just not the case so (laughs)
0: Well, it's too bad Uh, because it's a great idea. I mean, the seventy-two play stroke play, you know, seventy-two hole stroke play format is is kind of a a bummer. But um, maybe maybe next time around we'll 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 get a little yeah. Next week we'll kick around
1: we'll kick around the format once we've seen it play out. We will we will discuss why they settled on this and then what the limitations are so that we can figure out how to get the format better for the next time. But. uh, uh, I'm picking the United States, by the way, for the Kucher Prize. I'm going to go with Bubba Watson and Patrick Reed as the two Americans, uh, the two low Americans, and they're going to combine for the the best score in the field, beating out Henrik Stinson and David Lingmerth of Sweden in the the uh, unofficial Kucher Prize.
0: I like it. You know, uh, I'm going in a, in a different direction. I'm going to Europe, and I'm going to have my guys sergio garcia and rafael cabrera bello together mm, that combining is a very Ciglo. good pick huh yeah oh good very that's good an pick an i just got from just very Jattleford. good yeah. pick very nice well, so is like an off the radar guy that's been having he fits that 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 sort of um uh framework that i like which is a you know under the radar guy that's strung together a bunch of good performances um he had his first sort of uh, complete chance to play a bunch of majors this year and performed well in the majors. And we know what what this is like the most uh, Sergio event ever. Um, the 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 Twitter sphere has been absolutely uh, you know positive that this is the, the the kind of event that Sergio tends to win. So oh, um, I th- I think so too.
1: Okay, great. Right. Well. I think after all these years and, and, you know, we have a lot of people who listen to the pod who probably don't know all the stuff that's gone on with Olympic golf, but I, 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 just want to say that, you know, I think that it will be, I think it will be a good, fun competition. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I know they've sold out for Sunday, so we should have a good crowd, some energy. It might be a little quiet the first few days, but um, ultimately I think it's good, We're going to see some real emotion. We're going to see some real uh, pressure, maybe a little choking, when because those those uh, those medals will get to people. And the other thing, House, is that all the athletes, uh, the golfers here, are going to other events, and a lot of them are staying in the uh, official housing. Matt Kuchar's not, for instance, with his wife here. He didn't want to do that, but a lot of the guys are. And, and, the, and next week, a lot of the women will as, as well. And I just think that getting caught up in the Olympic spirit and – Uh, showing that golf is part of this and being part of their teams and other sports. And and, uh, I think we're just going to see something special. I really do. I wasn't sure, but but now you see the way the players are taking to it and they're here. I think they're going to have a great time and we're going to see a great competition. And it's going to all be live, by the way, on the Golf Channel. No tape delay. No complaining that NBC's saving this for something else. It'll all be live on the Golf Channel. They may cut in on the network. If it's a good competition, I've heard that the plan is to show uh the last few holes live on uh on nbc but you know where to find it all if you uh you have golf channel
0: that's that's a spectacular endorsement from a man with two feet on the ground down there in rio oh, i am officially barely. fired up for it so i'm <laughs> glad to hear that you're fired up for it since you're going to be down there for nine days my man shack
1: yes absolutely well on that note uh we want to thank you all for listening this week and we will be back next week with a wrap-up show on the rio olympic games plus a preview of the women's competition that will start next wednesday Uh, and it should be a lot of fun and i hope i have a lot of good stories to tell from down here in, in beautiful rio de janeiro
0: Friends, Shack House is presented by Callaway Golf, the number one iron in golf callaway irons have a face built to change the game they push the industry further and irons iron performance farther the six iron that i hit over number 13 at chevy chase club yesterday proof in the pudding 20 yards over come on now if you're not playing an iron with callaway's industry leading 360 face cup technology then you're playing inferior technology you're losing out on distance nobody wants to lose out on distance jeff shackleford 360 face cup 360 face cup allows callaway to make the face as efficient as possible which means more consistent ball speeds at every impact location this face belongs to the number one iron in golf and it's a face built for distance callaway the number one iron in golf And we also want to thank our good friends at Avion. Avion Tequila was not created by celebrities or billionaires. It's a collaboration between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family who for generations have been growing agave in their small town, Jesus Maria, in the highlands of Jalisco. Thanks again to Avion for sponsoring today's Shark House podcast. It's made by real people with true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully innovative tequila. Sip on Avion, neat or on the rocks. Also a delicious top-shelf margarita, especially when it's hot here in the DMV. Share Avion with those that appreciate what they eat and drink, and I will promise, I do promise, It will become their favorite and your favorite as well. Ultra premium tequila. Please drink Avion responsibly. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere, get tickets now.